and then they're released. But before they're released, their response is, you decide whether we should listen to God or you, but we must speak about what we've seen and what we have heard. That takes us to Acts 4, 23 to 31. It says, on the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. And when they heard this, they raised their voices together in a prayer of, to God. Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This text, it tells me that if we are to live bold lives for Christ, for Jesus, we must live in community. Notice the first thing the apostles do after being released by the Sanhedrin, the ones that killed Jesus, is they run to their people, their community. They're released, they're afraid, and they run to the people that can provide accountability for How easy would it have been to go and to hide after this point, to truly stop telling this good news of Jesus Christ? But instead, they run to the place where they know that they will be filled with encouragement, the people that will pray alongside of them, and the people that will put them back on mission to what God has called them to do. So who is that person for you? Who are those people for you? When you run in opposition when you feel like the world is winning, who do you run to? Who do you go to that can help champion you on? If you can't answer that question, it's time to join our growth groups. Our growth groups are designed for this very purpose, that you could be championed, that you could be encouraged to live this life for Jesus Christ, that people would come alongside of you and pray with you and read God's text and keep you accountable and love you in the hardest seasons, and celebrate the good times with you as well as grieve the bad ones. That is what growth groups do, and this is what the disciples were doing in this moment. The next thing that, that this passage shows me is that if we're going to live bold lives for Jesus Christ, we have to have a strong prayer life. As soon as they get out, they run to their friends, and their friends, and they begin to pray. Because not only are we called to be surrounded by people who will encourage us, but we must go to the source, the one who can fill us, the one who can empower us beyond human efforts. And that's Jesus. So they're scared, clearly, because they pray for boldness. They need something more than what they've got in this moment. And so they say, Sovereign Lord, and then they recognize him as creator. This prayer, I can see their spirits being lifted and emboldened even in this moment. Think about the words that they're saying. Sovereign Lord, 
All of this is in your control. That's what sovereign means, that he is in control. He's the creator. He can make a way out of no way. And so they recognize God for who he is, even though they have experienced these threats. Then they quote the Holy Spirit through the mouth of David. It says, the nations rage in vain. They recognize that the powers of that day, yes, while they are real, they are in vain in comparison to what God can do. God is still in control no matter how they feel in this moment. They recognize that they killed Jesus. They say Pontius Pilate, that they killed Jesus, but only because God allowed it, for it was his plan. They recognized that the other team seemingly had won, but they also recognized that it was only because God allowed them to take Jesus' life. Would they have been able to do this? All throughout this prayer, they are recognizing God's authority over their situation, even before they're filled with this boldness from the Spirit. They say, consider their threats. We're scared. You heard what they said. They don't want us to preach your gospel anymore. Consider their threats, God, and make us bold. We don't want to crumble underneath these threats. No, we want to continue to press on to what you've called us to. And then they say, do miracles. Heal people for your glory. And after that moment, the Holy Spirit responds by filling them with that boldness that they prayed for and shaking the very place that they stood in. So if we want to live a bold life in Christ, we must live in community We must have strong prayer lives, and we must know we're not bold by default. We're emboldened by a decision to trust God's faithfulness. Trusting God, the apostles would go on to heal many and preach the good news. So much so that the surrounding cities would flood in. And then, of course, the religious leaders would take note again. Let's pick it back up in Acts 5.17. It says, Then the high priest and all their associates, so that at this point they've been arrested again by the same Sanhedrin that killed Jesus. It says, The high priest and all their associates who were members of the party of the Sadducees were filled with jealousy, and they arrested the apostles and put them in a public jail. But during the night, as an angel of the Lord opened the doors, of the jail and brought them out. He said, go, stand in the temple courts and tell the people about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they had been told and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and they sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, we found the jail securely locked with the guards standing at the door. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at a loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone came and said, look, the men that you put in jail are standing in the temple court teaching the people. At that, the captain went with his officers and brought the apostles 
but they did not use force because they feared the people would stone them. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. So the apostles, they pray for boldness. They get put in jail after doing what God had called them to do. Then they're rescued from jail by an angel. And the angel says, go and stand in the temple court. They're faced with a dilemma. I I just got free. You want me to go and do the exact same thing that got me put here again? They're faced with a dilemma, but they follow through and trust God's faithfulness. They go back into the temple court and they preach again. Dumbfounded, the guards are looking for them to find them doing the exact thing that they said, don't do this anymore, and then arrest them for. In this moment, I imagine the high priest is kind of like a fed up parent. Hey, don't, don't touch that. You turn your back. Where, where did they go? Didn't I tell you not to touch this? He's livid at this point. He has had it. Certainly they know that this high priest wants their life. And they say, yeah, let's go teach. I think that we can trust God's faithfulness. He's gotten us out of this before. He's provided for us before. I'm sure he can do it again. Even if he doesn't, we can trust God's faithfulness. So they respond showing that they trust God. And this led me to wrestle with this passage because I, I realized that the level of which we trust God's faithfulness, that's the level to which we'll submit to him. They trusted God, and so they went and did what was hard. They went and they preached the gospel again, knowing that they would be arrested again and further infuriating the Sanhedrin. They chose to trust God, and they were arrested Acts 5, 28, 42 says, this is the high priest speaking. He says, we gave you strict orders not to teach in this name. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and you are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, we must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on a cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as the prince and savior that he might be that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses to these things and so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. Some time ago, Theodos appeared claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men rallied to him. He was killed, and all his followers were dispersed. And it all came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census, and he led a band of people in revolt. He, too, was killed, and all of his followers scattered. Therefore, in this present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for if 
their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it's from God, you will not, you will not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourselves fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and they had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. That name being Jesus Christ. Day after day in the temple courts and from the house, from house to house, they never stopped preaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. The apostles bold witness forces Gamaliel, a famous teacher of that day, highly respected by all the courts, so much so that he can order that they stop what they're doing and send the apostles out so that he can address them. They, their bold witness forces him to wrestle with, is this truly God? Could it be that the one who is doing these things is God? And while the apostles, they do receive a beating, their bold witness actually saves their lives. Isn't that crazy? They were facing a sentence of death. They were willing to lose everything for this good news of Jesus Christ. And as I thought about that, the reality is we don't face death. No, instead we face discrimination at best. So then... I wrestled with, what is it that stops us from being bold witnesses for Christ? Is it our priorities? Our comforts? Maybe it's just conformity. The world doesn't want to hear this message, so why tell them? These things pale in comparison to the great love that our God has for us and his faithfulness. And so we should respond to the greater thing. As they said, we must teach and speak about what we have heard. We must obey God and share this good news. So I say to you, let's live boldly for Jesus by sharing his gospel as we live in community, praying faithfully and trusting God's faithfulness. And then let's leave the results to him. For today, that might look like for you, standing up in a chair at your Mother's Day, brunch, dinner, etc. But maybe not. Maybe God is just calling you to go and speak to a friend who's been on your heart. Maybe he's calling you to share with a family member. Who knows, even mama. It could be that God's calling you to join a new social group. You realize, man, all my friends go to my church or a church. I don't have any non-Christian friends. So join a new group. Whether it's knitting, bowling. I joined a bowling group. And I'm actually a decent bowling, by the way. Uh, but I, I joined a bowling group because I had heard that someone else was doing this. They would join social groups in effort to find people that didn't know Jesus and share his good news. Or maybe for you, it's just speaking lovingly to others that you have met. Going and finding people you don't know, like we did. Praying, having accountability and saying, today 
let's go find somebody, strike up a conversation, and share the good news of Jesus Christ with them. Somebody that you don't know. Let the Spirit lead. Or maybe today you're like, I'm not really sure about all this Jesus. I came because Mama's here, and I would get in trouble if I didn't. Well, here's, here's the reality. It seemed like Gamaliel was wrestling with the same thing. Could this truly be God? What does all this mean? Who is this Jesus? Well, I'll tell you who Jesus is. Jesus is the Son of God who was born by the Virgin Mary through the Holy Spirit. He lived the perfect life, and he died for our sins so that we could have a relationship with Christ or with God through Christ who is Jesus, the Messiah. He would be raised from the grave. And he loves you so much that he would step down from heaven to die for you. At the end of our service today, we'll have prayer stations on the left and the right of the stage. Maybe today you say, today's the day I want to come. Elected to share your good news. I need somebody to pray for me that I would be come bold, that my boldness would be unleashed. Or maybe you just have a different need for prayer, whether it's healing or something heavy on your heart. Our God cares for these things and he wants to know about them. I'll pray for us and we'll close. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we could come together and and hear your good news, that we could be encouraged by the words that you had spoken and written many, many years before us, God. They still hold weight today. Father, would you empower us through your Holy Spirit? Help us to be more than just onlookers. Help us to join in the fight. God, we can we can be fearful, even myself. But help us to see the love that you've extended to us is not for us to keep to ourselves. And help us to be empowered with your word, knowing that it is good news, whether people want to hear it or not. Father, I pray for anybody with you still do miracles today. And so if it be your will, would you heal them? Show your might the way that only you can, Lord. Father, I I lift up all those under the sound of my voice. You know what is on their hearts, God. And so tend to them and love them the way that only you can. It's in your Holy Son, Christ Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Let's stand together for the closing hymn. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? 